Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to a brand new episode of Energized. I'm here at Ross. Ross is the story, man. Feeling very energized. Very, very energized. Baz, I'm actually buzzing for this episode, you know that? How come? I don't know. It's a quiet week, but I'm just buzzing. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the flow. We're like 300 people off, 10,000 followers on the gram. I, I, I can feel it coming. You can feel it coming, can you? I don't know what I can feel, but I can feel it. Yeah. So, if you are new to the Energize podcast, well, welcome. And if you are a returning Energize listener, well, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be discussing our Energize crack. And then we're going to be moving into the crack of the week. And we're going to be reviewing Ireland's performance at home against Georgia and being top of the group. We are top of the group. Say, we, we are, are top of the group. group. <laughs> Uh, then we're going to be looking at the Premier League because things are really, really heating up now. And uh, we're going to be discussing who should be the player of the year. So that should be good. Yeah, that's just, it's going to be a good show. Yeah. And then also over the weekend, the European Rugby Championship was on. And we're down to the semi-final. So we're going to be discussing Leinster, Saracens, Munster and Toulouse. And then that's before we get into the main part of the show. Because last week, Conor McGregor has officially retired from... The sport, the, gone. the sport, formerly known as Mixed Martial Arts. So we're going to be discussing that, and we're going to be looking over <laughs> UC Philadelphia, where Justin Gaethje KO'd Edson Barbosa in Philadelphia. Sorry, I had to, I had to uh, laugh at you because you said the sport's formerly known as Mixed Martial Arts. What's it called now? Yeah, but that's what he said. Oh. Did he tweet? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that's what he said. I was like, what's it called now then? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's what he said. Get the tweet up there while uh, I'm trying to make sense here. Very uh, Conor McGregor. Just to make it so up as he goes long. Yeah, it is actually, yeah. I can't believe, it was funny because last week we actually said that you thought he was going to fight again this year. And I said, he's probably not. And then the next day he then puts out that tweet saying he's uh, he's going to have proper 12 pina coladas. But uh, I don't think whiskeys and pina coladas go well together, you know that? Well, I haven't, I haven't really. Like making them I haven't with really, whiskey. I haven't tried it before. But uh, Ross, you're fresh back from Limerick. I am indeed. I can't believe I can't believe you went down to watch Munster play, but they were actually playing away in Edinburgh. That was sloppy, man. I know, yeah, but you know what? Limerick's actually uh, it's not a it's not a bad old spot. And I looked Tom Park and I was like, geez, this is actually very big. I think it holds like thirty thousand people. Yeah, it stands out like a sore thumb there, doesn't yeah. it? And they love rugby down there. Yeah. Like everyone I walked by was wearing like some sort of Munster gear. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. What was the weather like? It was it was good over the week. It, it was actually it was actually alright. It yeah. was it was definitely better than what I was expecting to be. Yeah. How'd you get on? All good? Yeah, all good. Feels lovely down there. But, like, I suppose the same as Dublin, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I said, I said to Ross, I go, Ross, of all the counties you could have went to, why'd you go to Limerick? Limerick, if you're not from Ireland, is known as Stab City. I don't think we have many uh, Limerick-Onians uh, that listen to the podcast, but so uh, don't take that to heart. No, I don't think so. Although, I, li- I work with a few people from Limerick and, like, they all messed me with like, enjoy it, enjoy it. They were like, brilliant, Limerick. And then uh, <laughs> one of the girls I used to work with, uh, she used to live down there for college. So she like messed me the good spots to go to and the spots to avoid. So that was handy. So like I knew what I was doing then, which is always good. Yeah. So what, what are we starting with? The Irish football team? We're going to kick it off with the Irish football team who won last week. We, uh, before we go into the game, we actually thought that they'd win 2-1. And it would be very unconvincingly. Now, in yeah. fairness, they won 1-0. Technically the same. Win by a goal. Now top of the group. Yeah. Six points. Two games. Two clean sheets. Yeah. What What about... Loads of tennis balls now. Yeah. 
what do we make of the whole situation now? Because last week we were very pissed off with John Delaney. Shout out John Delaney. But uh, who's getting his rent paid for it? But uh, you know what? It's funny because no one gives a shit about John Delaney if the Irish football team is actually winning. Yeah. Like he gets away with everything as long as Ireland win. So if Ireland keep on winning, no one's going to go, do you remember John Delaney loaned the FAI 100 grand even though he's getting paid like 300 grand a year because they're not just paying him less. Yeah, that was the news of the week, wasn't it? Like, yeah. just what did you make of the Irish football team the way they lined up? Like, um, Glenn Whelan came out of retirement. Um, Hurahan, yeah, yeah Hurahan scored that free kick. Yeah, um, 1 0. Look, the Irish football team, like, let's be honest, it's not a very good team. Um, the players we have aren't exactly fantastic, they're all sort of anywhere from mid tier championship to the mid tier Premier League teams I think that's actually the perfect way to describe it because like yeah. our two best best players are right backs for Wolves and Everton who are like finishing sort of mid table in the Premier League and then you have other players like Hurahan who's like getting promoted well in, in the playoffs with Aston Villa and stuff like that so like our team is not very good so I still think we punch above our weight but we're expected to win those two games that we won that's the thing yeah that's the thing like, yeah. but I mean we did win them as well you know what I mean that like I know we were expecting, but yeah. like if they had a draw, you would have been like, oh, typical. If we drew against Georgia, I wouldn't have went. Can't believe it. Yeah, I, I would have been like, fair enough. They're That's... they're like neat and tidy as well. They're not they're not actually that bad. Yeah, they're not terrible. Yeah, they're drilled well. Um, and everyone ends with the name Villy on their team. Yeah, what did you make of uh, McGoldrick up front? A lot of people said he was the man of the match. He just sort of seems like. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't see him going down in Irish folklore hi- history. You know, it's a bit like man. The match is a striker, but he doesn't score the goal. Yeah. Uh, Although he could have got a penalty during the game as well near it, the end. It's a rare commodity. Look, it's almost as if I don't personally rate him. Okay, I'll say that for a start. Right. Yeah. But who do you play instead of him? Is the other question. I know, and pro- there isn't much of an option. Yeah. Well, Shane Long's out injured. I think you yeah. still give it to him, really. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Walters is after retiring as well. Yeah, he's, um, do, he's doing the the punditry now. Yeah, I just find it hard to believe that not one striker can go in, score a goal against either Gibraltar or Georgia, so they can be the number one. But uh, fair play to what Mick McCarthy's after doing in such a short time. The way they actually look like a footballing side, rather, and we're not like pumping it long, hoping that like Niall Quinn will head it on to Robbie Keane. We're sort of playing ball around the midfield. It, it looked. I know now it was only Georgia and the big tests are to come against Switzerland and, um, but I think Glenn Whelan bring back Glenn Whelan actually helps us. You know that. I think he offers that sort of Switzerland and Denmark. He, he's willing. To, he's willing to sit back, and like let the rest of the team play forward. I think that could be a big help for us going forward. Yeah, I said to my dad, I go, uh, we should put, we should put Glenn Whelan on. Oh no, we should put Whelan on to run the midfield, and he goes, yeah, Ronnie Whelan. <laughs> Irish legend look Glenn Whelan is like never ever going to be overly praised is he like he's there to do a job and that's it yeah he's the Irish Chevy. he plays is he playing on the Aston Villa team as well yeah him and so, Hurin, Yeah. do they play does he get his game for Aston Villa yeah I think so I don't watch much yeah. well, championship like, you know I, I, after I ask I go how many games Aston Villa am I expecting you to have watched you know yeah, what I mean like yeah. <laughs> it's where like have you seen him on the highlights have you in fairness, he's a, you'll notice him if he's on the pitch because he's sort of like the middle-aged balding fella on the pitch. Yeah. I think he's 36 now and he came out of retirement, but that was a very, very good move by Mick McCarthy to get him back in. Yeah. 
Because if you took if you took him out of that match, where's the control really going to be? Whereas maybe he's not getting his game for Villa, and then Mick McCarthy asks him to come back out of the tournament. He's like, oh, I wouldn't mind an actual match. So yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, but look, there there is some problems and signs there. Randolph looks good in goals. Uh, obviously, yeah. Coleman. Randolph, by the way, is in the Championship Team of the Year as well. Is he? Yeah, in for, 37 from... matches, he's conceded only 31 goals. He's playing for Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, yeah. I, I have to like guess. Well, not guess, but I have to like remember who everyone plays for. Uh, yeah, he made a brilliant save against Gibraltar. Uh, obviously, have Coleman and Matt Doherty, like two of the best right backs in the Premier League, and it's, it's actually not far off the truth. Uh, and then like Shane Duffy's brilliant at centre half. Uh, I don't know whether like Kyo or Clark is going to be the other centre half but like Ennis even seems to be alright left back as well so yeah. I'm, I'm happy enough with that yeah. with the defence anyway go on move into midfield uh, then like midfield like Whedon's going to be there Hurahan and Hendrick I think that almost seems to be working alright uh, I'd almost play James McLean on the left side I know Brady's probably actually a better footballer but I think in terms of all performances over the last I'm going to say 18 months I think McLean has been more consistently doing it. Yeah. Also, Brady, um, Brady's still trying to get back into the Burnley team yeah. since he was injured, whereas McLean's playing a lot. So, may as well just... 100%. You need the fit players playing, you know? And you know what? I'd almost happily bring Brady back in as a left-back uh, if he's willing to play there. And then up front, it's sort of like Maguire and McGoldrick, but I don't know, maybe... You know what? I'd even throw in your man, as we call him, Michal, Michal Obafemi from Southampton. Just give him a run, give him 90 minutes and see if he can score a goal. Yeah, he's out injured at the moment as well. Though. Oh, is he? Yeah. Um, overall, what did you make of it? Look, the Gibraltar game was an absolute warm-up match. It looked like yeah. a training game. Uh, apparently, it was really windy. The commentators kept alluding that. And it, it was really like, oh, I can't believe I have to watch this. Uh, yeah. And then the George game, I didn't actually see it live. I had to go back and watch the highlights. And I was a bit like, that seemed better. But I thought that watching the Gibraltar game that, they were going to play on grass in the Aviva and they had to actually like pass the ball yeah they they looked tidy enough they got the job done Mick McCarthy is definitely after doing something that his team that Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane couldn't do he actually got them to play football he trusted yeah. them to just to play uh, our next game is actually on June the 7th and it's Denmark away so Jeez, Ireland, that's a rough one yeah and Denmark are, Denmark were losing 3-0 against Switzerland they came back and won 3-0 uh, trio. Oh, sorry, came back and drew Trio. So you would rather have play Switzerland next because they're they're after letting in three goals in a row. Yeah, although the I don't think the momentum carries on to June either, though. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's such a long time ago. You're not gonna go. Do you remember three months ago? Yeah. Well, it's in the summer, so we're under playing again Friday, June the seventh, and then we're playing Gibraltar at home on Monday, June the tenth. Is that a bit strange that we played Gibraltar again before we played Switzerland? No. Yeah, well, it's it's good for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it gets the points on the board. It is good for us. So, uh, as always, Koi big, Koi big. Uh, we're going to move into the Premier League now, ladies and gents. Um, right, Liverpool just beat Tottenham today, so they're winning the league with, and they've only got six games to go, Ross. Ooh, what are they winning by two points? But City have a game in hand. Yeah, City have a game in hand. They're I, playing Cardiff, I think, on Wednesday. So they go then go in front. It's a bit of a leapfrogging tournament at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the top six is sort of nailed on because from like Wolves are coming seventh, they're on forty-four points along with Leicester. But like Chelsea, Arsenal, they're both coming sixth and fifth with sixty points. United and Spurs are both coming fourth and third with sixty-one points. City are on seventy-seventh; they're coming second, and Liverpool are winning on seventy-nine points. 
She's like, I actually thought Cardiff were going to do the great escape today. They were 1-0 up against Chelsea for, I think, 80 minutes. and Well, until the 80th minute. And then they lost. The relegations done at the other end, really, as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you have Fulham and Huddersfield. Huddersfield are relegated. Fulham are basically relegated. relegated. And if Cardiff are playing Man City next, they might as well be relegated, too. Um, but I suppose at the top end of the table, it's neck and neck. I think City have to play Spurs and Man United still and Liverpool still have to be Chelsea still so it's still all to play for really it is yeah like looking at Spurs now in the last five games they've lost four and drew one that's not a good omen for them yeah compared to United have won three lost one drew one and Spurs above everyone need to finish in that top four because they badly need that Champions League money because they haven't bought anyone for the last two transfer windows and if you're going to buy someone next year they need to play in Champions League money to get that or but we need to play in Champions League to get that money in the door. Yeah. Before we start discussing the player of the year, which way now are you leaning towards the top four? Like, I think it's going to be City to win it, Liverpool second, Arsenal third, and United fourth. <laughs> What's your take on it? See, the way Liverpool won today is just something that you win leagues with but the thing is Man City with their game in hand against Cardiff if they get the three points they're a point ahead you know and yeah. City, City have won the league and before and they better goal difference as well yeah and City have won the league before on goal difference Um, I'm going to have to go Man City maybe by a point or two right now that's what I'm feeling Man City first Liverpool second I'll say United third and Arsenal fourth I think Spurs are just coming out of that top four. Chelsea might pick up a win here and there, but Arsenal are getting into a bit of a run. United have been doing well recently. Spurs, they're totally, like, as I just said, they've lost four out of the last five games. Like, that, imagine you turn them all into wins. They would have been. But sorted. the thing is, all, six, all top six are still playing European football as well. That's so, the like, thing, yeah. there's no. Well, they're not playing in Europe, so they'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's such a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Our minds might flip, flip and flop. A few more times before uh, things change, yeah. especially with the Champions League coming up. Not this week, next week. Yeah. But uh, Ross, we may as well move into the world of uh, the Player of the Year awards for Energize. Let's see what you are thinking right now, Ross. Who do you th- who would you say the top five players that deserve to be the Player of the Year are? I think for me, there's a solid top four, and then there's a few others. So and there's two for City and two for Liverpool. I'd have. Aguero and Sterling and then I'd have Van Dijk and Mane they're my top four and then like you could put a fifth in you could put in Hazard you could put in Salah you could put in Fernandinho you could put in Pogba he's scored 10, 11 goals midfield very impressive but I think those four are a, a, sort of a, a step above the rest of them I'll have to give you that I don't, I don't even know if you'd give it a fifth would you? yeah like I think those four are the four best players in the league this year? Yeah, uh, we put a we put a questionnaire out on our Instagram page, and uh, people were saying Pogba, Bernardo Silva, Van Dijk, Salah, Pogba, Hazard, Pogba, Van Dijk, Sterling, Sterling, Van Dijk, Sterling. So it seems to be yeah, Sterling, Van Dijk and Sterling, Van Dijk and Sterling. Yeah, Not, never mentioned Harry Kane. He was out. No. He was out injured for a while. That wasn't oh, he? for me. I think Son was actually Spurs' best player this year. Son was good as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a bit like. Solidly third, third best player. It's, you know, I mean, when the two teams are like neck and neck for the league, 
it's whoever like their best player is going to be player of the, player of the season, isn't it? Yeah, I think it has to go really down to Sterling or Van Dijk. That's yeah. the I think they're those two are the top two. Um, who'd you go with, man? You know what I mean? Because the award gets given out to before the end of the season. There's like two separate ways to look at it. If you take Sterling out of Man City's team, Man City probably will still be in give or take the same spot they're in. If you take Van Dijk out of Liverpool's team, they're in a hole, if that makes sense. So, in terms of who's more important to their team, it's definitely Van Dijk. But in terms of who has been like the best player on the pitch more often than not, I would actually say Raheem Sterling. I think he's been absolutely brilliant this season. He scored, what, like 15 or 16 goals. Uh, I think he has the most assists in the Premier League this year. For me, he's been absolutely brilliant. And he's been, like, the face of, like, sort of racism in, in English football. Uh, he was racially abused against Montenegro. He's been racially abused about five or six times this year. The press were out to get him at the start of the year with the gun tattoo. And, like, everyone's sort of able to get him. And he comes up shining and smelling roses each time. Yeah, the thing is, right, it's the the people that vote for this were probably the people that were slating him. Yeah. So they might still have a, like a be vindictive towards him. So they might be like, give it to Van Dyke. You know what I mean? Yeah, potentially true. It, it depends on what sort of player of the year you're looking for, whether you're looking at the Riders player of the year or the players player of the year. Um, look, I, th- I would say in terms of players player of the year, I'd probably say Van Dyke will probably get it because a lot of th- those teams are going to go, Oh, Van Dijk's one of the hardest players to play against, if that makes sense. As opposed to with City, you have to worry about so many more of their players. So I, th- I think if it comes down to the players picking, yeah. they go for Sterling, I think. But if it goes down to the Riders, Van Dijk. Van Dijk. Yeah, in fairness, I think there's a higher chance Van Dijk gets it. But for me personally, I think Sterling was incredible this year. Yeah. He really stepped up. He, he, he gave, he's been given like Aguero-esque performances. I'd have to go for Sterling as well. Just based on, like, as you said, the racism stuff, like overcoming all that and still going out and performing for England as well. I know yeah. the England thing doesn't really come into it. It's just like what you do in the Premier League. But, like, he's been scoring goals. Um, we Like, if you look at him a couple of years ago, you would have thought he wasn't really going to step up. Like, no. people like Mares. His, sure, his uh, price tag was slated when City bought him for 50 million. Yeah. Do you think Liverpool are like, oh, we shouldn't have sold him? He wanted to go, and I think once someone wants to go, it's very hard to keep him there. And I think at the time, he seemed like a bit of a troublesome character, as opposed to now he seems to be one of the more level heads of City. So, he's, he, he, in fairness, he's there starting each week for City, and he's the number one out of the four wingers they have. They have Sané, they have Mares, who was player of the year two years ago, and they also have uh, Bernardo Silva, he was actually like criminally underrated because he's actually one of the best players every every time he gets on the pitch. Yeah. And Sterling's like number one out of all four of them. Yeah. The funny thing is as well, Liverpool have only lost once in the league as well. With and Van Dijk has obviously been so important to that as well. Yeah. As well, as well, as but well. Like we're not saying Van Dijk's not brilliant. Um, no. It, yeah, but like it's it sort of like he gives the other players in the team confidence as well. Yeah, he does. Um. Usually, people tend to pick an, an attacker, though. That's You see, that's the difficult thing about it. They're not both attackers, so you can't judge their stats. Yeah. Uh, when's the last time a defender won player of the season? Ever? No one comes to mind, really. No, I don't think so, either. I think maybe the Vidic win it one year, maybe. <laughs> Potentially, no, but... Like, probably it doesn't, didn't. It doesn't, like... 
over the ring of bell. So I, t- I think I don't have to go for Sterling. You go for Sterling as well. Yeah. On a, personally, I think Sterling, but I, I like I think Van Dijk could be the favorite to get it. If that makes sense. Okay. I wonder what the boogies odds are, but uh, let us know who you think deserves it. And who would you say third? Just because there is for one and two. Would you say Guerrero or Manny? Um, okay, do you know what? Because I saw the stat this week when Aguero scored, um, he had equal the amount of goals that Thierry Henry scored for Arsenal, yeah. but had done it in like 50 games fewer. And like everyone else who good Henry was. So yeah. I'd have to go for Aguero. I think I'm going to go for Aguero as well, just because as good as Mane is, sometimes he fully forgets to shoot boots, doesn't he? he like yeah. he misses some sitters. Also, Aguero was a top goal scorer in the league now with 19 goals. Uh, Salah, Aubameyang, Harry Kane, and Mane all have 17. See, it's so tight, isn't it? And then uh, Sterling's here with 15 goals. It's funny how we didn't even mention Aubameyang scored 17 goals this year. Yeah. That's just what happens. I think he, yeah, but I think he's a bit hot and cold. As he'll score two goals one week, one score for three games, and then do the same again. I think it's because Arsenal have been so, like, they've been sort of coming from the back. Yeah. Like, at no stage have they been leading the pack. No. So you tend to just look up rather than look down, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, let us know who you think deserves the Player of the Year award because obviously people, few people are saying Pogba, but uh, I don't think they realise Pogba was terrible in the first half of the season. Anyone you're looking at for Young Player of the Year? For me, I just looked, I, I just thought about it there and I thought Ruben Neves for Wolves should definitely get that. Wait, what age is he? I think he's 20. He's only 20, is he? Yeah. Well, De- Declan Rice, I think, actually yeah, deserves Young Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't be surprised if he goes for like 40 to 50 million over the summer uh, he was brilliant for England there the other day as well yeah he, he does this sort of thing where he goes like does a slide tackle picks up the ball turns around and then drives forward I haven't seen that being done in a while it looks brilliant he, he actually reminds me of like almost like Patrick Vieira or something on the ball I think he's very very good I know man that's why everyone was so annoyed when he decided to go to play for England oh 100% because like- if he was crap no one would care but they're like you're like, oh, I hate you because like you would have helped us so much. Oh, like wouldn't I have to get Glenn Whelan out of retirement? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like put it this way: if uh, Kieran Clark was like, lads, I'm gonna play f- for England, it would just be like, all right, ground, whatever. Yeah, it's like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, it would be like we'd be like, right, we'll hate you forever, but like we won't make a song and dance about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So at the moment, you're thinking Man City for the league. Yeah, you're thinking Sterling for Player of the Year. Yeah, I, I'm going with that as well. I think that'd be, but it's not really safe bet because I think they could pick a, a Van Dyke. Yeah, but like, either way, Van Dyke's been brilliant as yeah. well, like so so good. Uh, people were asking. The the question was it was on BT's question of sport thing yeah. with um, Robbie Savage, and the question okay. was, who's better, Ferdinand in his prime or Van Dyke? And like obviously Michael Owen and Robbie Fowler were like, oh Van Dyke, even though he hasn't won anything. Do you think it's important that you have to win something? Because not everyone wins something. Um, and Ferdinand won about like five leagues. It is and it isn't. Um, we've had this discussion with people before and they're like, someone, I can't remember, I think it was one of our, one of the lads calling me and went to me, man, you said Buffon's not good because he never won the Champions League. And I was like, first of all, I never said that. Like, <laughs> Buffon's like one of the best goalkeepers of all time. But, I think if you never win anything, that doesn't look good for you. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but, you know what I mean? Gerard never won the league. You know what I mean? He was world class. But he did win the Champions League. He did win an FA Cup, if not two FA Cups. So, I've said to a few Liverpool fans, Klopp and Liverpool and all these players are getting so much praise. But they've gone the last three years and they've won nothing. 
And I'd sort of like put out the question, how many more years can Klopp go without picking up a trophy and still be a media darling? You know what I mean? Like Liverpool yeah. fans are looking for something. So for me, as a single defender, if you were to play like one at the back, you'd have Van Dijk. He's a man mountain. But Rio Ferdinand would be in complete control of that defence if he was there. Alongside him? Like, if he if it was him and Joe Gomez, Rio Ferdinand would like be such a good communicator to the, that defence, if that makes sense. That they'd be brilliant as well. It'd be a different style. You have to see how much Van Dijk, Van Dijk then pushes on with his career as well. <clears throat> the Real Ferdinand win what? Two Champions Leagues? No, four, one, one Champions, Champions League. League and what? Like four Premier Leagues? Man, no. It could have been six leagues to be yeah. honest, man. Well, well, there you go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that in itself sort of says Real Ferdinand is the more successful. Yeah, in fairness, the, footballers always get judged off what they've won and what they've accomplished, you know? So, when it comes down to that. Yeah, and it probably doesn't help the Real Ferdinand like finish off his career QPR and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He probably should have went back to West Ham because that's where he started. You were speaking about Klopp there and not winning anything with Liverpool. Yeah. Um, what way did you look at him then? Did, do you, because look at Pochettino as well. He's won nothing. So is it like, is there time of Liverpool being a failure? Because obviously, they, and Spurs, because they obviously went there to win the league. Yeah. Maybe not Pochettino. But is See, like, uh, what's, uh, a, what's deemed a success and what's a failure, you know? I look at Pochettino differently. Just because Pochettino... Has brought where Pochettino took over Spurs and where Pochettino Spurs team is now. Like the Spurs team he has now has been absolutely fantastic. He's almost like their Arsene Wenger, as in like Spurs decided to build a new stadium, but with Pochettino as the manager, as in like that financial investment that they didn't spend into the team, they spent into the facilities. And on top of that, he has like a minus net spend as Spurs manager. And he's the only Premier League manager ever to go two transfer windows without buying anyone so Pochettino's done an absolutely fantastic job you have Real Madrid after him like he was Man United's first choice if they didn't take Solskjaer uh, I think he's done an absolutely brilliant job Klopp has had Liverpool playing such beautiful football but at the end of the day it's only beautiful if you win something you know what I mean you, you have to have that joyous occasion where your team gets up there and they lift the trophy and you go out in the piss that night and go we're, we're the best like even if we win the FA Cup you're like we're the best team in the world you know what I mean and like yeah. Liverpool haven't had that chance they got to the Champions League final like they lost to Real Madrid you know what I mean they sort of said oh Ramos took out Salah and then we were screwed you know what I mean yeah. Um, I think Klopp he has to win something either wins the league this year or he has to win something next year It's they only because win a trophy it's only because they're cursed the fact that they've been so successful before yeah. that like this isn't just Spurs just losing a Champions League final just barely not winning the league and it's like oh well we haven't done that well in ages but like Liverpool were so dominant in England for so yeah. long and won so many Champions Leagues that you can't be like is Klopp one of the best managers we've ever had because he didn't win the trophies previous managers have yeah like Kenny Dalglish won way more trophies when in his first stint not in the second stint round but and even Benitez won the Champions League as well exactly you know? Um, I think uh, Gary Neville's sort of said about Spurs before that like a lot of their fans sort of go if we finish second or third like they're like oh well done great season you know what I mean and like Spurs fans almost need to change their attitude in regards to their own team that like we have the players we, we could win the league because I think you have to almost look at it going when Spurs look at their games for the year each time they play the top five or their top five of uh, the top six teams at home, they, they should expect to win. 
And like that's the way I look at as a Man United fan. You know what I mean? I expect to win nearly every game, so therefore we should win yeah. the league. Spurs just seem to burn out at the end because their squad isn't that big, and that's the problem with not investing. But if you even look at the players Liverpool have bought, like for instance, if you look today, they still use that same midfield of Henderson, Milner, Wijnaldum. Yeah. Like where where how can Keda can't get in, Fabinho think, can't get in. I, in fairness, I think Fabinho does get in when they're all fully fit. I think he sort of struggled to fit that system at the start of the year. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Keda gets in. Milner seems to just work harder than everyone else, and Wijnaldum I think is is their best midfielder. I think some players can end up leaving now, Liverpool if they don't win the league this year because how many how many years as a footballer like you don't have that long of a career. And how many times do you want to just keep being the almost there, like the second place? No one ever talks about came second five times in the Premier League, you know? Who do you think leaves? Like Firmino could leave. Salah could leave. I could see Firmino being a perfect uh, replacement for Benzema at Real Madrid, you know that? I think he would like suit their system very well. And I think Salah to Barcelona, I think, is always a transfer people are going to discuss. Yeah. People just want to win things, you know? Your career is short, but... um... And then I think like... If they both go, like, Mane could definitely go to PSG. See, they have a good... They, it seems like there's a good camaraderie there, but, like, I think Milner is really important to that team. And next year, he's going to be older again. He's already, like, 33, 34. You know what I mean? He can't play all the games. And mm. Let's see what happens anyway. But um, we should look at the Ruby over the weekend, Ross, because over the weekend, Leinster beat Ulster in the Aviva Stadium. And it did indeed. It wasn't pretty... Well, it really it was, was not was, at all. Yeah, and saying that, it was 21-18. Um, Ulster really pushed them right to the limit. In fact, Ulster should have pushed them even further because it went 18-all at one stage. And uh, John Cooney, the Ulster scrum half, mixed, missed a kick basically in front of the posts. Uh, you're forgetting to talk about Stockdale. Oh, I know I know Stockdale messed up as well, but the, I was just saying at the very end of the game, like there was, there was a lot of misses. Ross Byrne missed some very simple kicks as well. Yeah. There was a lot of like... Unforced errors, one might say. Um, I'm I'm not full, filled with confidence, to be honest. Going forward into the next two games, Tony Sexton's just a huge loss, isn't he? He is indeed. Also, I found it strange that Rob Carney was on the bench. I thought, considering if he's fit enough to be on the bench, he should be fit enough to start. And uh, I know he didn't have a the best sort of Six Nations he's ever had, but. I think with it, when you're playing a quarterfinal, you need your experienced players on the pitch. Uh, I don't think Larimer did great at fullback. I think he'd be better on the wing. He'd have less pressure to make his tackles. And then also Ring Rose like, blocked down a kick in the first five minutes for Ulster score try. It was just sloppy all round, I think. It was. It, 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 it didn't look like they had that many uh, mature heads on the pitch. No. They could have also been lucky as well that uh, Rory Best had to be taken off from Ulster as well. So that's obviously that's a big loss for them as well. He he sort of started crying after. I think this is his last year. Yeah, I think I think I think it could be. He he did say he's going to retire after World Cup from international. He said he might play another year for Ulster rugby, but he might he should probably take an extended break after World Cup. See how his body feels. I'm like, if that's it, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, Munster had a very impressive win over in Edinburgh in the weekend as well. And uh, now the semi-finals have been set. They're taking place on Saturday the 20th of April and Sunday the 21st. Saracens are taking on Munster on the Saturday. 
and Leinster are taking on Toulouse on the Sunday, which is Easter Sunday. Oh, I think I don't think that Leinster game is set that day. I think it's like from the nineteenth to twenty first. It's that weekend. It says it here on the website. So oh, does it? Yeah. So I'll just go with that. Oh, well, the tweet yesterday that they didn't have a set date. All right. Well, it says in here. So what website is that? The official rugby European Championship website. Oh, I don't believe it. Okay. So Munster versus Saracens. <laughs> that that's going to be a strange one because. Uh, obviously we're going to be support Munster by the way Keith Earls was an absolute monster in that game against uh, Edinburgh scored two tries um, I think he's like the most underrated player in Ireland you know he's absolutely phenomenal and then they're we're going up against Saris Saris have like such a good team they yeah. have Atoji Cruz Funipola Owen Farrell they even have Liam Williams from Wales like it's a star sort of lineup. in fairness yeah. they did win the European Cup Two years ago and three years ago. So, it's going to be a rough day for Munster Rugby. Yeah, and the finals held in St. James's Park as well, where uh, Farrell's from, from Newcastle. It's going to be, it's going to be what, Leinster versus Saracens final? Is that what we think? Although, like, whenever you pick against Munster, like, the Munster fans go nuts at you, don't they? They're, like, such diehard fans. That game's going to be quality, actually. On yeah. The Sar- yeah, Saracens against Munster. And then Leinster versus Toulouse. I really fancy Leinster just because it's in the Aviva. Um, yeah. Look, Toulouse have some very good players like Ntamak and Medard, but I think if Johnny Sexton's back, Leinster will definitely win. That's like the key thing, isn't it? Yeah, I was about to say, if Leinster start the same team that played over the weekend, the, that lack of experience taking on that Toulouse team, which have a wealth of experience, you can only see Toulouse sort of winning. But Leinster are so lucky they're at home because yeah. if Racing had to be Toulouse, they would have been away. away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. It's it's a scary one really, isn't yeah. it? It's so funny how it's so important if you're home or away. Especially with oh. the Leinster fans. Uh, they, like, that stadium was rocking. Oh, yeah. But the French teams are notoriously known for not travelling as well. Which, like, really, really suits us. By yeah. the way, Adam Byrne was, was good for Leinster. I have to say that. And so was Jack Cohn. I don't want to say it was all doom and gloom. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just... And then it was freak Dan Levy got injured again. That was, like, a very bad injury. So is your prediction Saracens Leinster final? Yeah, I think so. I know it'd be it, you know it'd be so unfortunate if it was Munster against Leinster in the final and it's not even in Ireland. That would have been yeah, amazing. Be, Imagine that the Aviva. It'd be almost a bit weird, won't it? Yeah, in Newcastle. W- was there a day for that final? Yeah, uh, Saturday the eleventh of May. Jeez, we might go to that if like, they get to the final. If they're both in it, that'd be great. Yeah. What do you wear? The Ireland jerseys? Like? No, you wear the Leinster jerseys, man. Yeah, but you're you were down in Limerick down over the weekend. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I support Limerick. Joey <laughs> I'm not over there wearing my Limerick hurling jersey. Joey do, Joey do. We get both jerseys, right? And then whoever's winning, we just put that one on. No no what's it called? We'll wear Led's jerseys and once we win we'll put on our Ireland jerseys and go, We're from Connacht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure he's from Limerick. Oh but look, as much as the Six Nations go away. The provinces are still playing very, very well. So, that's always a pro side. Yeah. Munster are coming second in Conference A. But they're three points behind Glasgow. And Connacht are coming third. They're on 52 points. And then in Conference B, Leinster are winning it by 18 points. And Ulster are coming second with 54 points. So, uh, yeah. How, how many games do they play all together in that group? Uh, how many teams are there all together? There's seven in each group. So you play 12 games and then I'm sure they, I think they go like top half and bottom half. 
ever since they change it and let the South African teams in, I'm, I'm like confused by it. Yeah, because they've all played 18 games so far. I think they it must be almost like NFL style where you still play some of the other uh, conference teams. Yeah. You play your conference twice and then you play the other conference once or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so we'll look into that as it goes on. But uh, can't wait for them semi-finals. The European Cup is just so much more... It's just better to watch. Yeah, but it's because it's like, Johnny Saxon shows up for it as opposed to like, when Leinster are playing, I don't know, Z-Ray away. Like, yeah. you know, you're guaranteed Ross Byrne to start. Yeah, that's the that's thing. That's the thing. It, it also doesn't give you the the like drive to go go to the away games. You know what I mean? Yeah, because no one's even tweeting about it really at all. Although I always keep a look at Leinster to see how they're doing. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, check, the, to, I'll check the results. Yeah, because they lost to um, Edinburgh last week. Yeah, I'll check the results of them, but I'm not jumping on a plane to go to watch Leinster play away in Italy. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to move into the main part of the show. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to give us a shout-out or something, will you? Give like, us that shout-out. You know, we, do, we do this for free. Like, we Just give us a shout-out, will you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to sh- say that to one person in particular? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no? Okay, okay. Um, okay, last weekend, con- last week, excuse me, Conor McGregor officially has announced his retirement from the world of mixed martial arts. Well, I read out the tweet. Have a hair. Ross, far ahead. Hey guys, quick announcement. I've decided to retire from the sport formerly known as mixed martial art today. I wish all my old colleagues well going forward in competition. I now join my former partners on this venture already in retirement. Proper pina coladas on me, fellas. So I think that was a nod to the Fertitas that he's retired from the sport. So what do you think about it? Is it a fake retirement? Is it a real retirement? Uh, first of all when I read that uh, you see I woke up really early that day and I saw the tweet and I was like what I put it up in the story straight away just yeah. because you always want to see those poll things are amazing it's just like yes or no is he retired yes or no but um, he's obviously retired before in my head I was thinking I know he was saying supposedly he wants shares in the company and like how like he's like this it's like his third highest earning is fighting like yeah. because the whiskey's doing well, all this sort of stuff. I I I was like, it's just not true. I, no. like I I didn't think he was gonna fight again this year. So hopefully the UFC hype train could hype someone else up to hopefully get in his level. But I didn't think he was gonna retire. He's only thirty, like. Oh, I'm surprised. Like he set up the Mac Life, and I felt like he never actually ran with the Mac Life. I thought he should have done more like interviews on that only because that would like driven more people to look at the Mac Life. Um, look, I don't believe he's fully retired. I think he's going to come back at some stage. Like, he retired in 2016 when things weren't going his way. Um, I don't think it's quite a throwing the toys out of the pram on this occasion because I don't think he's actually upset. I think he's more... It's al- it's almost like, um, you know what I mean? You should never go into a, a negotiation unless you're willing to walk away. I know that's what they say. And I think on this occasion, he is willing to walk away. He might walk away and wait for the UFC to come call, call, crawling back to him. I mean, uh, you know, WrestleMania is on this weekend. Uh, Brock Lesnar's going to defend his championship. That's the, I, I that's the that first thing like, I thought. That, that's that's the first thing that I thought was, that I was like, because you have to be like, why did he do that? He didn't just yeah. be like, ah, I'll see you later. So I was like, Ronda Rousey's fighting, Becky Lynch is fighting. It's like the first time ever in history that women are headlining at a Wrestlemania 
Connor's been calling out wrestlers before. Brock Lesnar is in the WWE. It all sort of made like one and one makes two. Like I thought Connor, because Finn Balor came out with Mikey Conlon. I thought like Conor McGregor could come out because Ronda Rousey and him know each other and Becky Lynch is Irish. I just I was like, that's the only logical thing. I was looking at WrestleMania and like my first re- reaction wasn't WrestleMania because he was actually on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Uh, for like St. Patrick's Day and he was like, I have a fight lined up for July. I fight lined up for July and he it was doing the typical Conor McGregor spills like, here look, I can handpick my opponents at this stage. Like, I've earned that right. And in fairness, financially for the company, he has earned the right. He should be able to pick who he wants. Apparently, they didn't want to let him fight the Diaz trilogy. Um, I can just understand why sort of from the UFC's point of view that like, Diaz is very like difficult to deal with and then they're actually like sitting there with two fires on either side of the table who are very difficult to deal with as opposed to like Donald Cerrone is like yeehaw sign the contract and it's like yeah. that's easy for UFC by the way that Jimmy Fallon um, interview that was like a pre-record yeah that, that was done that was done like a couple of weeks beforehand oh a few weeks so yeah. I thought maybe like a day or two yeah no, no which is a bit weird because they like tried to make it as St. Patrick's-y as possible yeah um See, that, that's why people were getting it wrong. They're like, Jimmy, he was on Jimmy Fallon last night saying he was fighting. Uh, Charles Sonnen came out with something as well in his podcast. Definitely check it out. But he said that there was sexual assault allegations came out against Connor. And in Ireland, there's rules. You're not allowed to say that there were potential accused, accused. Yeah, you're not allowed to say someone's name or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to say, in Ireland, you're not allowed to say who's who the person could possibly be because if they're... Until they're actually arrested for yeah, it. Yeah, until they're actually arrested. And then in America... They have, like, a whole section. People from America obviously noticed. There's a whole section of everyone who, like, did, like, DUIs or, like, broke into houses. They just put everyone's name on it. So, what happened was they put Conor McGregor's... <laughs> they put Conor McGregor's name on that. And then Chael was like, if he just announced his retirement, that could, like, keep himself out of the... Like, it, it wouldn't... Yeah, it's a bring the UFC. Move. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. bring the UFC... Conor McGregor that. retires on page one. Conor McGregor... Sexual assault claims on page six. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then you mentioned that as well. And I was like, you know what? That actually makes way more sense than WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. But like, I would be like against WrestleMania. But like, even if he doesn't show up at WrestleMania, like you can't ignore that WrestleMania is on this weekend. And once Brock Lesnar yeah. is done defending his title there, he could easily come over to the uh, UFC and fight. And maybe Daniel White goes, you know what? Brock Lesnar will fight. John Jones back. Daniel Cormier is going to fight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we'd love to have Conor McGregor right now, but we're actually in a strong enough position right now that we don't need him this second. You know what I mean? So therefore, yeah. we don't need to, like, you know, wheel out the golden wheelbarrow full of cash. You know what I mean? Now, now I feel like I have to watch WrestleMania because... You have to see if he's coming out. And Finn Balor yeah. was sort of like, he needs a tag partner or something. He's like fighting Bobby Lashley, but Bobby Lashley has a mate and he's like, I don't have a mate. I was like, where will I find one? Do you think maybe they're just like, they're like people might think Conor McGregor might show up, so we'll play up to that as well. See, you don't. See, Maybe that's so. the, we're we're going through so many like, what does he think? What does he think? What does he he think? You know what I mean? And then you're just lost. Yeah, but uh, Conor McGregor's come out with like slate WWE before as well. Yeah, <laughs> just been like John Cena, the bleeding steroid looking monkey, and all this. You know what I mean? Yeah, but don't even think for us. Like Vince McMahon would be like, who Connor, knows? Get like, in that. Conor McGregor there. might like. John yeah. Cena might do like an open challenge at WrestleMania. Next thing you know, Conor McGregor comes out. Yeah, like I don't like I don't think he, Conor McGregor's actually gonna fight. Yeah, I just well, like you could easily come in and just do a left hand on someone, and knock them out. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but see the like thing is, Floyd Mayweather esque. Yeah. You see, you couldn't do that to Ronda Rousey or something. You can't be like Conor McGregor's now battering women. Like, you know what I mean? Although, also, <laughs> if you have Conor McGregor ready for a pay per view, 
you don't really hold him as a surprise. As in, like, you let everyone know in advance how they buy the pay-per-view. Yeah, well, that all goes down on Sunday, so who knows, man? Who Like, I, I was like, I don't know. Conor McGregor just does whatever he wants. He was there calling out Mark Wahlberg. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what's he going to fight Mark Mark Wahlberg in? Like a box match? Or he, go, he goes, he wants to fight him for all the shares. In UFC? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I, I think Wahlberg was like, I'll give you the... I, I think he actually meant he'd sell, sell Conor McGregor some but I don't know. Like, it was wild, the news, wasn't it? It was wild. But like, he started tweeting more and more about the other UFC fighters ever since he's like retired. Or like, well, just actively recently. Like, he tweeted Pettis being like, oh, well done. He tweeted Masvidal being like, Oh, well done. And then this week he tweeted, like, Justin Gage being like, well done. That Pettis fight, I think in my head now, I'd be like, Conor McGregor versus Pettis. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But uh, I think he's going to be back. We're obviously going to, like, stay on top of things. Let yeah. us know if you think he's actually going to come back. So, you don't think he's coming back this year? I wouldn't be surprised if he came back, like, for Christmas. And he was like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. The champ is back. <laughs> you know, I could see it. Until he does a press conference, the way George St. Pierre did. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe it. Also, oh, he did listen to Charles on, because <laughs> that's what he said. He was like, he was like, yeah. that's what you do when you retire. Yeah, when you really retire. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, Very so Charles Son. So hold on, Charles Son. Then you you regurgitated what Charles Son said and pretended you said it. No, I said it before Charles Son. And then and then you're like, oh, Charles thinking the same thing. Yeah, no, I said it before that the PR thing. Yeah, and did you listen to Charles? No, I listened to it afterwards. I was like, I was like, oh, smart bastard. He is smart, isn't he? Yeah. Because uh, no, because it's, it's like that thing, you know, when you're like you come out and you apologize on a Friday because before the weekend, I was like, I was like that like sexual assault thing came out in the New York Times like the day after, so I was like, I read it, or like hours later, and I was like, he's after, oh, he's after retiring here, like no one talks about that, yeah, and like it sort of worked, yeah, it did sort of work, yeah, no one mentioned anything else, but uh, we're gonna look at we're gonna myself and Ross were like, do you know what? We'll look at the lightweight division and the welterweight division because they're heating up, and a few fights were announced as well, uh, mainly in the welterweight division. Ben Askren's now taking on Masvidal. So uh, what ranks are they at the moment? Masvidal, the not that it overly matters, but just for the sake of it. Masvidal is number four. Ben Askren's number five. That's that sounds like a good fight. That's going to be what UFC two thirty nine, I think, fight week, international fight week, sixth of July. So. That's, that looks like it's going to be a belter of a fight. It's probably number one contender fight, is it? I don't know. There's something about Masvidal. Like, I feel like he's going to lose that and just disappear. Yeah, but if he wins, he's sort of... That's who you, that's who you like, put your money on for the title. The trajectory, yeah. Ha, uh, I'm trying to think, who, who's there? So, Woodley's going to fight Lawler next as well. That was announced. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so, in, in, in the rematch, so... I don't know, Woody, Lawler, Masvidal, um, first for Askren. So that must mean it's going to be Co- Covington versus Usman, isn't it? Yeah, Covington, like, Usman, that's one that has to happen. Yeah, I saw, I saw Anthony Pettis entered into the welterweight rankings, but like, I still see his future at lightweight. Yeah, same here. He's Anthony Pettis is ranked at eight. Tom, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is ranked at seven. Just knocked him out, like. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, it's the way the UFC rankings goes. I think Wonderboy was ranked like number two beforehand, and then like Pettis is a new ranking. So, oh no, it's just the way it works out, really. Yeah, Leon Edwards was very annoyed over that as well. He's down to eleven. Oh, I'd be snapping. I wouldn't be happy one bit. Yeah, they don't really like him more. No, well, in fairness, Gordon Nelson got more cheers in the UK than Leon Edwards did, which yeah. was like strange. 
Who do you want to see Edwards take on next? I sort of actually want to see him fight Masvidal for my own entertainment. But in terms of people, he's going to fight. Who else is in that top 15 down the bottom? Oh, you know who should fight? Ezekiel Dos Santos. That's who I want to see him fight. And he's ranked 14th. I think they're yeah. both on seven fight win streaks. Yeah, let's see what happens there anyway. Or if he's looking for a bigger name, Santiago Ponzinibbio, that could do as well. Yeah, Ponzinibbio, that's number nine. He needs to start climbing up their rankings. He's won his last seven in a row. Why doesn't he call out Wonderboy? Because that's a good name for him to fight. Yeah, but he needs a, he needs a mic now, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Usman's still the champ. He's supposedly getting a bit fixed up now because um, he was injured going into the fight. Yeah. I suppose he has really bad knees. Um, yeah, so Usman's going to be taking on Covington soon. You're saying Woodley against Robbie Lawler? Yeah, that's for UFC 238. That's booked, yeah. And then uh, Ben Askren against Masvidal. I just, ben Askren has been like a lifesaver to that welterweight division. He's, first of all, really honest. He's like really smart. He's sharp. Like he's funny. A lot of things that a lot of these fighters wish they could be. Yeah. And until definitely to move up then, yeah. That's not 100% guaranteed. He was over in Vancouver going skiing. And uh, he was actually in Amsterdam there as well. And he was in somewhere else. I don't know. I, I don't know. Who's Wonderboy fight next? Who else in that that group? Ponzinibbio. Maybe. Anyone else? Damian Maya down at 12. Maybe versus Maya just... Because they've no one else to really to fight. It's more now that. that Stephen Thompson's just put himself out of the possibility of winning. Because he's yeah. like 36 or something. Yeah, he's 36. You know what? I was looking at him go. If he was more interesting, he'd be such a good analyst. Because like, he looks great in a suit. No, his suits are terrible, man. Yeah, but like, yeah, but as in like he's handsome, fellas, and uh, yeah. uh, is what I mean. I don't mean, I don't mean like his suits are great. As in, like he looks great when you put him in a suit. It's like perfect for TV. Yeah, quick question now, right? Uh, Usman's obviously going to take on Colby Covington. First yeah. of all, the back and forth is going to be brilliant. So looking forward to that. But um, it'd be interesting what pay per view numbers that does up. I doubt that would be a headliner. But Us- so Usman's taking on Colby Covington. Woodley's taking on Robbie Lawler. Yeah. And then Masvidal is taking on Ben Askren. Which fight of Masvidal and Askren or Woodley versus Lawler is the number one contender spot? See, if Covington wins, it, I think it all depends on who wins. Yeah, it changes everything. Yeah, it does. Because if Usman says to- win- the winner, it's between Askren and Masvidal. But if Covington wins, I think it's going to be Woodley. And La- like, if Woodley beats Lawler. But if Askren beats... Masvidal and Lawler beats Woodley. I think Askren gets the title shot. Yeah, I shouldn't ask that question. <laughs> it's, it's too many. You know like if he you know wins, what? the bigger mouth is going to win. Yeah. So if Usman wins, I think if Askren wins, he'll fight Usman. I think Usman's going to be champ for a while. Um, he looks very good, doesn't he? Unless he takes on Ben Askren, but I'd love to see that. But Woodley got so dominated, you just can't put that fight on again and to, like try and sell it to me. You know. You, you know, what would make big pay per view numbers if. You put Daniel Cormier defending his heavyweight title next. Even if you have to do the Steve Bay fight or the Brock Lesnar fight. UFC 238. And then you do in the co-main event, Usman versus Covington. Yeah, that could be International Fight Week. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, then uh, we look at the lightweight division because obviously the champ could be Nurmagomedov. Uh, Tony Ferguson's out number one. Conor McGregor's at number two. So Poir- the first two don't exist. Yeah, so Poirier <laughs> is at three. Aloy Quinta is at four. He's taking on Cowboy who's at seven. Uh, funny enough, Max Holloway's not even in this. Well, that's because he's a featherweight champ. Yeah. He's never fought a lightweight in the UFC. 
Yeah, but he's fighting. He's already booked in the fight in two weeks' time. Make sure to check out that show because we'll be covering all that. But um, what are you making of the lightweight division now? Because if Max Holloway comes in, beats Dustin Poirier, that's going to change up things big time. It's it's sort of strange because like there's almost like the rest of the lightweight division has to fight out for a title, and then Khabib comes back and almost like set them all whoever the champ is. Um, look, Iaquinta versus Cowboy is almost like it's almost like the semi-finals to fight the winner of Poirier versus. Holloway and the winner of that will fight Khabib out of all four of those I think the only person who could beat Khabib is Max Holloway same here Um, I look at the rest of the division and like I'd almost like include um Pettis in that division I'd be I interested to see him fight Gagey next I think Gagey winning at the weekend that was a big win for him also you have sorry RDA in that welterweight division fighting Kevin Lee next he's moving up to welterweight that's another interesting fight yeah that's booked in as well um Max Holloway versus Khabib. I know they were booked in to do it before. Max got sick. But how good would Khabib versus Max Holloway be? I just want to see Khabib, Khabib, Max Holloway. Because like, I don't think he can. And Max Holloway is going to be there for all five rounds. Max Holloway has the, the reach as well. Yeah, he's long. He's like, as I call it, death by a thousand cuts. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, very high volume, in your face. Uh, pu- pushes the pressure at all times um, good takedown defence as well uh, decent off his back I- I'm just like if Khabib can't take him down what's he going to do yeah and that's sort, of, that's sort of the questions I was being with Khabib isn't it yeah although so, he tends to get everyone down but uh, yeah but also if, if Max Holloway comes back and he beats Khabib then you can see Conor McGregor come back and be like I'll fight Max Holloway <laughs> Um, for all the belts. <laughs> for all of the belts. Here, so come here to me for a sec. I know obviously we're, we're going to break down Poirier versus Max Holloway too in next week's show. Yeah. But um, Max Holloway, if he wins that, does he then call out Khabib? I think so. I think it would be September. Holloway versus Khabib. Oh, that'd be great. The only thing is I don't actually want to wait for September for it. But yeah. I think that's that's the fact of the matter. That's the problem with that we have. We're like, oh, looking forward to September. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're it's like, like my birthday. Yeah, you're like wishing away your life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, look, it looks like it's going to be great. Um, what are we like time-wise there, Barry? Uh, we have to wrap it up in five minutes. Grant, but uh, look, serious win by Justin Gaethje this weekend. Um, yeah, knocked against- out Edson Barboza. Um, I don't know where Barboza is going to go from here. I suppose Gaethje can almost... If they're, if they're going to go straight from Holloway to fight Khabib, Gage, you can almost fight the winner of Cerrone versus Iaquinta, and then yeah, uh, Gage versus Barbosa can fight the loser. Gage versus Iaquinta could be good. I think Iaquinta is going to be the cowboy. Do you think so? I look at cowboy and just go, he's actually a better striker. He's actually a better wrestler. But if it's the main event, come the fourth and fifth round, like Rage and Al is still there, and he's very yeah. hard to put away. I think. Gagey versus Iaquinta just has like fight of the year written all over it. Like yeah. those two are like you're just gonna stand there. They're gonna be how bloody are their face is gonna be by the end of it. Yeah, man. Gagey's the man, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he is, man. The Homer like, Simpson of, although, the, of the lightweight division. Wouldn't you also be happy to see Gagey versus Pettis? Gagey versus Nate Diaz. That could work as well. And That's then, never gonna happen. And then, like, no. I suppose, who knows? Like, come September when Khabib is gonna fight the winner of Poirier versus Holloway. Because I don't want to overwrite off Poirier because I think Poirier's stylistically... No, no, don't get me like, wrong. Don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. Poirier is very, very, very good mm. and he's improved like beyond anyone probably thought he could ever get to. Especially the way he's moved his camps and stuff. 
But Max Holloway is unbelievable. Oh no, 100%. Uh, you're you're like, talking about like the top 1% of, of like the lightweight division oh, no, of the world. Like, like, you know? The top 0.01% yeah. of the world. Like yeah. Max Holloway could be the pound for pound best fighter in the world. But in terms of a skill set that could be Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier doesn't have a bad one. He's like better on the ground. And he's beaten him before. And he's beaten him before. And like he has enough knockout power in his hands that like, he could get the job done. Now put it this way, I'll be picking Max Holloway. I think he's better than Dustin Poirier. But in terms of like <laughs> I'd fancy Dustin Poirier to have a better chance to beat Max Holloway than I'd fancy Cowboy or I Quinta. And uh, I just think his skill set's be- better for that. But if you put Poirier in against Khabib, good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just the way people are lined up. It's a bit like Pettis has a good chance of beating someone like Justin Gaethje, but. Pettis against Khabib is like he's he's gonna look like Michael Johnson on the ground. You know, I know what I mean? Yeah, uh, know, yeah. He's he's gonna like wrap his hands up behind his back and like punch him in the face and go, "I deserve this." You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to see Khabib do that against anyone now. I, no. like, I want to see close matchups. I don't want to yeah. see a total domination. No, no, not at all. Like moments like put Usman in against Khabib because like Usman yeah. did that to Woodley and just see what happens. I want to see Ben Askren against Khabib. That's yeah. what I want to see. Because they're not just for you catch weight, one hundred sixty five pounds is doing. Yeah. Like you know what? That could happen if Khabib loses the title. But once he loses, then it's like, oh, Khabib lost. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like it's, it's, thing, not, yeah. it's, it's not as like entertaining anymore. Although Khabib might come back and be, Khabib wants the hardest fight. So he come, you see, he's mates with Usman as well. So, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, they ring each other and everything, don't they? Maybe, maybe if at some stage Ben Askren beats Usman, Khabib will move up and fight Ben Askren. Yeah. Although Khabib keeps on saying he's going to retire sometime soon as well. Khabib, don't retire. No one's even land a punch on you. Yeah, but he'll, he'll retire sooner if Usman stays there as well. Yeah, you know? true. Because they don't want to fight each other. I sometimes look at Khabib and go, you know, you know when like he wins, she's not just trying to earn like, another fast paycheck and fight again because like no one ever lands a punch on him. I know there must be rules or something. Yeah, I think there is. Well, I think there's suspensions, but I think the doctor can care that for you. What'd you make of USC Philadelphia? By the way, because uh, Michelle Waterson won, and we both thought she was. Yeah, she, she, I think she's going to end up fighting Joanna next. You know that because Joanna like needs a fight. Uh, straw weight again and like that could be a toil eliminator to fight Rose next yeah and then uh, yeah Philadelphia seemed like old crack uh, it did yeah like Paul Craig won as well that was sort of interesting uh, Josh Emmett won but again it was all about the main event it was it really much was and, and, it, and it like it delivered uh, also on the Friday night Bellator 219 was on no one really gave a rats but uh, Sadawad lost to Brandon Gritz yeah. Unreal. Yeah, but also, there's a big press conference going on in London on Tuesday. Uh, they're announcing Bellator London in the summer. Uh, people like um, James Gallagher is going to be on it. Uh, Arnold Chalmers. Uh, Maybe Fabian Edwards if he wins in Birmingham. Possibly. Okay, Barb Musassi is in the Musassi. main event against Lovato. That's uh, a rescheduled fight for the middleweight title. Uh, my belt. Your belt. So that would be good. Uh, also, we're, we're meant to be having Ireland's most notorious impersonator Al Foran on the show this week as well to discuss stuff like how he's getting on and also it's Wrestlemania we're going to discuss some Wrestlemania crack as well that's on this yeah, week we're going to relaunch off the balls dad cast yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah unfortunately there's no MMA on this weekend but there is Wrestlemania on Sunday and um, thanks for tuning in tuning in and as always stay energized <laughs> <laughs>